We have to, inside of this being positive and and using our words to manifest amazing things, we also have to give ourselves space to be honest about the things that we're dissatisfied with in order to be able to change them. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with actor, philanthropist, and talk show host, Monique Coleman, who says it is time for us all to peel back the layers. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to Redefining Wealth, and in particular, to the Results Not Resolutions series. This is how we kick off the new year, not just by focusing on what we want, but who we need to become in the process. And man, today, once you hear Monique Coleman, you are going to want to become someone who is willing to peel back the layers and do the work. Welcome to my OG listeners and my purpose chasers. If you are new to redefining wealth, here's the thing. We believe that wealth is more than money and material possessions. At its core, wealth is truly about well-being. So what we seek to do here is uncover all the other areas of life that actually impact our finances, the things that we never really think about on the surface. And so I would encourage you to go back and listen to the first several episodes where I break down the pillars because we are based on six pillars here. And today in particular, we're kind of focused on the faith pillar. And my conversation with Monique was so good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I'm telling you, when you listen, please just make sure that you rate and review this episode in particular. I've listened to it about three times already and it only keeps getting better. And trust me, if you are someone who knows you have a full life, but have still found yourself at different points in life feeling like a fraud, trust me, imposter syndrome is real We are going to talk about some things today that are going to truly bless you. Before I get into the episode, though, I want to do two things. First of all, I want to thank you so much for your prayers. If you are new here, you may not know this yet, that my mom actually went into the hospital right before the new year. I spent my anniversary on December 29th and uh, New Year's Eve in the hospital with my mom. I sent out an email, shared with you guys on the podcast, and I can't tell you how many hundreds literally, of DMs, emails back, notes for people who know me, texts and calls. And from South Africa to Australia to the UK and all over the country, you guys have truly shown out for me, shown out for my family with your prayers. And I appreciate you so much. I didn't want to keep going without letting you know that my mom is fine. She's home now. She's healing. She's resting. But thank you so much for your prayers. And I have to give a shout out to my cousins, Loni and Debbie and my aunt Ismay and my mom's cousins, Marion and Vida. I just have to say their names and give them the credit because without them, without these ladies who show up every day for my mom, if not every other day, I couldn't be here with you guys. I couldn't get my work done. I couldn't go back on the road. I couldn't do anything. And so I'm so grateful to have family in my life, in my mom's life who love her so much and have just pitched in like, man, you wouldn't believe, super grateful. And the second thing I wanted to share was that, you know, we're doing a new segment where we shine a light on small businesses, in particular, those owned by women. That's what I am choosing to do is really highlight 
different women who support the podcast. That means you're a listener, you share, you rate, you review, you do your thing. Highlighting different business owners is how I want to partner with my community and make sure that I'm helping us all grow in the different pillars. And I know that you guys have products, programs, podcasts, services, something that ties into redefining wealth. If you are interested in promoting on the show, please reach out to info at seekwisdomfindwealth.com. That's info at seekwisdomfindwealth.com or click on the link in the show notes. Remember, it has to be something that truly is going to help improve the lives of this audience, period. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Monique, such a sweet soul, such a sweet spirit. I had a chance to just go to lunch with her not too long ago. And oh my gosh, we shut the place down. I think it was supposed to be 90 minutes we blocked. I think we were there about three hours. Truly, truly love this girl. You are going to be blessed. Monique Coleman is an actor, producer, and global youth advocate. She's most recognized as Taylor McKenzie in Disney's High School Musical franchise. However, she's known to many as the first ever United Nations Youth Champion. During the International Year of the Youth, Monique organized and funded a six-month global tour to 24 countries and raised awareness about the most pressing issues facing today's youth. Mo tries to balance her work in entertainment with her passion for impacting the world. She's the founder and CEO of Motivated Productions, and her original series, Gimme Mo, is currently airing on Discovery Life, and I was on it. In 2019, you can catch Mo in Stepping Back to Love on TV One and in Somebody Someone on Lifetime. Without further ado, here's my girl, Monique Coleman. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast, Monique. Hi. <laughs> I'm don't, so happy to be here. Don't be highing me after you try to make me tear up before we... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, you know, it, it's such a blessing because when I found you a year ago, I was in such a different place in life. And to think that now something that has inspired me so much that I get to be a part of that journey is truly such a blessing to me. And I'm I'm just honored, truly. I remember bumping into you, I think at the second Tim Story event that I was at. I think I spoke for yes. like a brief second at one and then he invited me back. And then I came maybe out and supported another event that he had and went, was my daughter with me that time? She was not, no. She was not that time. But I think when mm-hmm. I mentioned you, she was like, mommy. Do you understand? I was like, no, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, I think I like looked you up or something. And we were talking about connecting on Instagram. And because she's always over my left shoulder, all in my phone, no privacy, no no respect for boundaries. She's like, do you know who that is? I'm like, I don't know. I just thought she was really nice. She was so sweet. She said she likes the podcast. Yeah. So my daughter fanned out, like just is geeked about you. So you also, in addition to owing me coffee, I feel like you also need to like sign something for her or give her some time. Oh yeah. We we need to have a play date and hang out. No, that is, that's done. (laughs) At this point, because she also believes that you're her age and not closer to my age because you refuse to age. And so, <laughs> so this is the whole thing. So let's take it all the way back. So I just saw recently that it's 10 years since you took your last bow with High School Musical. And 
I want to start by asking you, what was one lesson you learned during such an incredible experience? And how do you believe that prepared you for who you would go on to become since no one believes you're a real adult yet? Right. (laughs) You know, I, wow. (laughs) When I think back to what High School Musical is and has been in my life, I feel like it was the base level of a platform. Mm-hmm. You know, I always wanted to be just tell stories and but high school musical gave me just this position with young people to where I just feel like it a showed me that dreams are possible, that whatever's in your heart is meant to manifest. But B, it showed me that by achieving your dream, you actually unlock your purpose. Because I was much older than the rest of the cast. I was twenty four years old, everyone else was in their teens. I think two people were, in, were were actually 20, but I was well into my 20s. And I looked, you know, I felt fraudulent during that experience. I felt like all these people are looking at me thinking that I'm, you know, a young person and, and, I'm, and I'm not. I felt like I was lying to everybody. But I realized from where I sit right now, looking back on it, I realized that God was positioning me, mm-hmm. that it wasn't just about me as an actress and how I was going to express myself as an artist. It was about the purpose that I have to impact the lives of young people and that I was being perfectly positioned to penetrate the hearts of youth so that when they saw me and they heard me tell them that they mattered, they believed me and that that was its purpose. That yes, it was a lot of fun and it was a great experience, but the truth is, is it was actually really difficult because the achievement of the dream was now suddenly I didn't know, I didn't really know what to do with myself at that point. Wow. I had spent so much time almost, I don't want to say needing it, but, you know, hoping for it because I believed that it was going to do something for me. I believed that it was going to give me maybe a sense of self or a sense of purpose or make me like something about myself that I didn't previously like. And then when that didn't happen, I was left with the truth, the truth of just being this girl from South Carolina who wanted to be in the limelight. And now that I'm here, I don't really know why. (laughs) And that was the beginning of kind of peeling back those layers and and really looking at asking myself, why, why, what is this for? And, And if I feel so small and I feel so insignificant and I feel like I can't do anything, how must the young people that this movie impacted, how must they feel? And if I don't get another opportunity, if nothing else does happen in my life or career, could I have used this moment for something more than just myself? And that's been I really what has led me to where I am right now. Oh, Monique, that's incredible. Because you don't have to be an actor, an actress to identify with that. Someone just asked me the other day, so what's the end game for you? So what's your big thing? And I realized that I'm just really enjoying the journey. At this point, there's mm-hmm. not like a destination for me because it used to be, right. oh, I want to write a book. Oh, I want to be right. on television. Oh, I want to do this. And then I hit those things and it's like, womp, womp. Okay, so <laughs> what are we doing right. now? And that is a lot of what Redefining Wealth is about, right? Is that so many of us think that when we achieve this certain thing or make this certain dollar amount that all of a sudden all of life's answers are going to just magically appear. And the truth is, no matter who you are, what you achieve, you still have to be willing to do the work. And the tough work is asking yourself, why? Yes, absolutely. And aligning to 
your how you want to feel, not just what you want to do. And that is honestly what I love so much about redefining wealth is that whole idea of well-being. It shifted my entire mindset about everything where I look and I'm and I think, you know, especially because a lot of my platform has to do with young people. So often people are looking at someone else's end result and desiring that thinking that that is going to give them something that is similar to what it gave that person, not realizing that your journey is different. And what you're ultimately going for is that sense of well-being, whatever that is to you. So whatever satisfaction or if it's confidence or whatever it is that makes you feel whole and happy and alive and like yourself, that's actually what you should be really aspiring to, not some sort of position or placement. And and that was a really, and it's still a difficult thing for me to allow. And, and it's only, I think in the last months, maybe last months or, or even year that I've shifted to a place of really taking ownership of my own life and experiences that instead of looking at it, like I am at the beck and call of things happening to me, that instead I am actually co-creating and moving my life in the direction that I want it to go in right? based on how I want to feel. Right. Based on what feels good for you. Well, I know something that feels good for you right now is Gimme Mo. Yes. Yes, your baby. So your show premiered on Discovery Life. And I think a couple days after that came out, you put out an Instagram message that I have to read. I don't even want to butcher it or try to Mm. paraphrase because... Of course, you know, we've been in touch for the last several months. And thank you for inviting me to be on Gimme Mo. I enjoyed myself. Your whole team is fabulous. But, you know, I've been sharing and just cheering for you. And then you put out this post and I was like, now, see, this is why I love her. Now, this is why. (laughs) This right here. I have to read it. I might read the whole thing if I feel like it. So it says, I'm the girl at the gym hiding my tears behind my sweat and trying my best to keep it together. See, what people don't tell you is this, doing your own thing is hard. It challenges the core of you. It puts a strain on your relationships, your finances, your faith. It makes you question your very existence, your competence, your will. Will you crumble in the face of adversity? Will you face your shortcomings with humility and grace? Will you show up even when you feel overwhelmed and burdened, which happens to be often? For me, living the dream isn't just photo shoots and accolades. It's crying on my closet floor, pleading with God to make it go away, asking for strength, but really just wanting to be saved. It's being grateful and feeling broken all at the same time. This is the true face of a warrior. Girl. Mm, mm. Girl. I I felt felt that that all over again because I'm actually doing this from, I'm doing this podcast from my closet floor. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Felt that. What was going on? So you finally launched this show, which has been in your heart, in your spirit for a minute, right? For years. Years, years. Yeah. You know, so Gimme Mo started out as a nonprofit. It took me around the world. I did a tour for the United Nations under the name, the Gimme Mo Tour, traveled to 24 countries, meeting young people. I did a live show in New York. And then this kind of culminating moment was it going to television and being on Discovery Life. And I found myself in that similar journey and trajectory where I realized that the work doesn't stop. (laughs) And that inside of it, that whatever lessons you didn't get, and I don't mean about 
just the actual work to you know achieve whatever dream you have, but the interpersonal stuff. I was on a panel actually a few months ago. The panel was about the intersection of business and spirituality. It was in a conference. And I heard someone say, your business will not grow past the points that you haven't healed. And so with all of the wonderful things that are happening and the incredible success, some of my patterns were brought back up again. Many of them were brought back up again. And I realized that things keep reoccurring until you actually address them and until they are healed completely. They don't just magically disappear. You actually have to work them. And even when you have grown, the only way to know that you've grown is when that situation comes up again and you actually handle it differently. And so that day I was at the gym and I was bawling my eyes out because I was like really looking at the fact that, yes, I'm so blessed to have had a billboard in Times Square and to be on these bus stops all over the city and to have done these incredible things. But inside of it, I still am this girl who is struggling with the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm just really struggling with being an entrepreneur and choosing to actually face the financial aspect of what it, what it is to have a business. And being willing to learn the things that are hard, you know, being willing mm-hmm. to say, yeah, that's beautiful. It's great that you pick great colors and wonderful, you have wonderful content, but how strong is the foundation that you've built this on? And then mm-hmm. really seeing that, hey, there's some holes and there's some cracks in this foundation that I'm responsible for. And that doesn't feel good. So with all the praise and all the accolades and all the things that people are excited about, I just felt that it would be a disservice to have so many followers and pretend that those things make up for the reality that you still have to do the work. Right. I just recently launched a mastermind and that is one of the big things. It's like there are so many high achieving, brilliant women, right, who have accomplished so many things and achieved so many different accolades. And then it's hard to admit, though, that in the midst of all of that, I'm still a person who's confused about this, whatever that this is, right? Or I'm still a person that doesn't understand that. I am still the person who may publicly have an amazing persona, but privately, I still feel like a bit of a failure or an imposter or a fraud in different areas of my life. And because I don't have a safe space, To communicate that, this is eating away at me. And that was truly who I started my mastermind for because we are typically the ones who suffer in silence and everyone can look at us and we look good. We dress up well. It's a beautiful picture on the outside, but hey, there is still some things in the background here that I need support in. And sometimes when you're not surrounded, I feel like by people that understand that because so many people are still chasing the dream. So when they're looking at you, and you're like, but I don't, I'm in the gym crying. Like, I'm not the poster <laughs> child. Don't make me the poster child. Like, don't <laughs> make me your guru. You know? Right. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. But that's what I loved about the post is because that level of authenticity and transparency is like what we need to see. Because I, yeah. I know how I felt the moment that I read that and I looked at some of the comments, but there were probably thousands more who didn't comment where you gave them permission. Mm-hmm 
to just be okay yeah. with, with crying in the gym or in the closet or in my case, the bathroom floor or wherever. Yeah. You gave them that permission. And I think that more people who have such notable platforms, it would be just beautiful if we told the truth. <laughs> right. And it, it's interesting because I really try to make an effort not to diminish the beautiful aspects of it. But I also want to reiterate to people the work that it takes and the effort that it takes, that anything that you see isn't just given. It is created. It is manifested. It is worked, you know, and there's so much grace on my life and and there's so much grace on all of our lives. And, you know, I find that the things that come from God tend to, I don't want to say are easy, but they do seem to just, arrive. I don't know if you have that experience mm-hmm. where it's like, if it's a God dream, it just kind of lands on you. You didn't really go looking for it. It just happens. But then once that moment passes, that's when you really have to start working that dream. Right. And when every, it was almost like every time someone would say, oh my God, congratulations, it would be almost confusing to me because I wouldn't know. I'd be like, well, thank you. If you knew the mistakes that I made to get that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, thank I, I appreciate, I appreciate your congratulations, but I want your congratulations to be about the right thing, you know, that, that you're congratulating me or you're congratulating, you're congratulating the resilience. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for sticking it out. <laughs> thank right. you for getting back off the floor. Thank you for showing up because what you see is the result of that. And that is the moment. The real moment is the moment that you do pick yourself up off the floor and you do continue despite not knowing. And so often I feel that we don't go after things because of what we don't know and thinking that somebody else has the answers. And Mm -hmm. from my experience, I don't think any of us have the answers. We take one more step and we learn one more thing and we continue. And then we ultimately create something that people can see and be proud of, but it was those little micro moments that happened in the dark that were quiet, that nobody was there for, that really actually make you who you are. Absolutely. That was beautifully said. You actually said something before we started recording and I was like, hold up, it's too much. It's too much for me to take in without pushing record. Can you talk about, I don't know how you termed it or phrased it again, divine disappointments is divine dissatisfaction divine dissatisfaction okay you have yes. to break that down yes yeah, so what happened was you had, you asked me how i was and mm-hmm. i said i'm a lot of things and I, the reason why i said that is because there are some things that i'm being challenged by right now and in an effort to use language that i believe that our words are very powerful and what we say is what we create and there's, you know, obviously a movement of being mindful and, and exhibiting absolute positivity. However, there's something that I learned earlier this year called divine dissatisfaction, which is basically allowing yourself to be dissatisfied with the situation, not out of complaining, but simply because you are not in alignment with the divine. And sometimes we use gratitude. We should always be grateful. But sometimes that gratitude can become a mask for the reality of our situation, which cannot change unless we're able to look at it honestly. And so there are moments that we are dissatisfied, but we are dissatisfied because we know that there is more. We know that we are more. We know that we are capable of doing more. 
and we have to, inside of this being positive and, and using our words to manifest amazing things, we also have to give ourselves space to be honest about the things that we're dissatisfied with in order to be able to change them. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. And it is so true yeah. because I find myself, I can use that term now. Thank you for sharing that with us because... You know, I find myself as one of the most positive people, I would say, in my circle. And because people usually come to me for that, right? Like they try to kind of get me to help them be more jovial, right? But but you're in the midst of a mess. So while I can be encouraging and I want to offer whatever I can or just be that listening ear, it is really difficult to try to mask the reality of what's going on in that space, right? We can acknowledge that without, to your point, complaining or whining or because I'm very like, okay, so what do we do now? I'm kind of a fixer. I don't, that probably doesn't surprise you at all. But so, (laughs) you know, but I am, (laughs) that is like, I'm trying to take it in and I'm listening. Okay. But I'm also a coach. And so my mind is always, okay, so how do we improve that? How do we tweak that? How do we fix that? And how do we not go back there? Right? Like, that's what I've learned from you so much is that for me, I know that financial freedom, for instance, is something that I deeply aspire to. And I believe is possible. I've always believed that it was possible. What I didn't understand, though, and one of I don't remember which episode it was, but what was so powerful to me was the idea that until we attach an emotion to our finances, that changed my whole life because I realized that I didn't have strong enough why. So that for me was like, oh, there has to be an emotional backbone to this. There has to be at some point for us to really change. You have to get to a point where you're uncomfortable and where you're not just saying, oh yeah, it's great. Oh no, but you know what? It's going to be okay. You know what? It might not. You know what? I'm just grateful (laughs) for what I have, which is cool. Right. Grateful for where you have, but that doesn't necessarily equate to complacency. And I think that's the confusion we make sometimes is that we mask the pain of things that we are really experiencing with gratitude. And it's like, no, you can be grateful that it's not worse, but that doesn't mean that you can't be dissatisfied with the fact that you know you're not in alignment and you can be doing better. Yes, absolutely. And that, I think, we don't ever want to see ourselves in a place where we are, we don't want to be disappointed. You know, I think that's, no one wants to feel disappointment in ourselves or disappointment in our situation. But at the same time, it's through really looking at what something is and looking at your situation and saying, I see all the things that are wonderful and, I'm, and I see all the things to be grateful for. I also am seeing that without a level of honesty and without really looking and assessing and breaking it down, it's not going to change. And so I can love myself through the discomfort of recognizing that I am not actually where I want and know I can be. And I think you can have gratitude for the awareness of that. And that is where you can really still be completely grateful, like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I'm in this situation to show me that there's more for me. Instead of I'm grateful for what I have, just what I have, I'm grateful that I can see that what I have is not fully supporting me in who I know I'm supposed to be. And then go after that thing. 
that is wonderful reframing just to put that gratitude in a different context. I'm gratitude for the yeah. awareness. Mm, yeah. I like that. I right, like because we are always supposed to be grateful in my heart. You know, in my heart, I, I, I always truly am grateful and it always could be worse. However, if you see something and it's a pattern, there's a reason and, and it's possible that it's because you're pretending that it is better than it really is. And you can be grateful when you finally have that moment where you go, no, that's no, I'm not, that's actually not going to work for me anymore. And that's what I'm, when we started talking in terms of where I am right now, it's, I'm really learning how to set different boundaries. I have a real issue of being open to a fault, uh-huh. letting people in, in a way that I start giving myself and my energy away and giving away things that are for me. And then every time I do that, then it continues and I get to a place where I either feel taken advantage of or I feel some sense of depletion. And one thing that I think is super important is that giving is not meant to be depleting. What Mm. we do is not meant to take from us. It's actually meant to give back to us. So the same way that any other emotion like creativity or joy or love, the more you give, the more you have. Mm-hmm. That's how it should be with everything, I think. And so when I find myself in moments where my answer to how are you doing is like, ah, I'm okay, then where am I leaking? Where are the holes? Where are the things that are not true to me and that I'm just giving and giving and giving and not receiving? That's an imbalance that I'm really working on shifting. Well, you know, we did do an episode, Boundaries Are Necessities. And there's a little script. I know, girl. Use that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a That you can take. It's funny. I've been hearing from people too. They're like, oh my gosh, I use the script on my son, on my husband, on my this, on my that. One person in particular said, I used it on my mom and she wasn't too happy. And I'm like, well, <laughs> those are the chances that you take, right? <laughs> like right. setting up boundaries right. are not easy. They're just necessary. And nobody said yes. that it's easy to tell people essentially, look, I apologize that I led you to believe that this action was okay for this amount of time, but that doesn't work for me anymore because I know you love me. I'd appreciate you respecting that or whatever, however it has to come out for you. But I'm so glad that you're getting there because when I see you on social media, I just feel like you are everywhere. And I could only imagine, I'm always, I have to be honest, I'm so glad when I see you working out or even if I see you putting a little facial mask on or something in your Insta story because (laughs) I value self-care. And so in the midst of setting up these boundaries, are you really taking care of Monique? No, (laughs) no, I'm not. I don't know why. I'm not sure what what it is exactly. But there's been this part of me that I think has carried a little bit of shame for what it is that I believe I need in order to be my fullest, the fullest version of myself. Mm. And at 38, I'm letting that go. I just turned 38 recently. I know you and my mom share the same birthday. November 13th? Yes, I was supposed to come on and start with a happy birthday song, but I forgot. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Okay, Mama. Thank you. (laughs) That's so amazing. No, I I haven't been taking care of myself. I have, I carry shame around the ease with which I want my life to exist. Mm. I carry shame around what I require 
to be the fullest version of myself. And now when people comment on how busy I am, when I know that it's busyness, B-U-S-Y, busyness, I don't accept it as a, as a compliment mm. any longer. I no longer think of it like, oh, oh my gosh, thank you for validating that. Thank you for validating how distracted I am or how much I feel the need to keep moving so that I don't have to face whatever it is that's going on. I had a realization earlier this year where I was working out a lot. I mean, just like, and I love it. It's fun for me. You know, for me, exercise is mental health. That is how I manage my mental health. And one day my body hurt so bad when I was done in a very strange way. It wasn't an injury, but it also wasn't soreness. It was something different and it was almost crippling. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking myself, like, what is going on and being so upset? And I realized that I was acting out change through something that I felt like I could control instead of looking at the areas that needed to change and working on those. So instead of growing you know, in the areas of finances, instead of growing in the areas of business, instead of reading a book that would help me, I was running an extra mile. I was Mm -hmm. upping my weight, the amount of weight that I would lift. Mm -hmm. I was trying to use the treadmill as a place for my growth. And in fact, it was becoming a distraction from the areas that I needed to grow in. And it wasn't until my body basically seized up and I wasn't able to do that, that I realized that I was using it as an excuse to show how, how great I was being and how much I was growing when, in fact, I was hiding. I was hiding out in the gym so that I didn't have to face the areas that I didn't want to face. <laughs> wow, that's powerful. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is so I, powerful. And I wonder how many of us listening completely identify with that. It may not be the gym, but I see that so often. We all have that thing. I know people where it's all about work and work is the excuse. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. To not have to or, oh, my, because my kids, my family needs me in this way and I can't do this, this, or this. Like, well, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all really a choice. And, and the applied, I do believe that where the effort, nothing is lost, right? And so, as you grow in one area, other areas are impacted by that growth. However, there's some times where we want, we want to be successful. And so when we put our effort into the things that make us feel successful and make us feel better, but feeling better isn't always being better. Just because you feel good doesn't mean you are good. You so, preach. <laughs> There are times where actually being better is feeling worse for a moment. Yes. Starting over, being at that zero place, being in a place where you're not the smartest one, you don't have all the information, where you do feel inadequate in some ways and you have to build. Sometimes that is your best place because you're in a place of actual growth. When you're feeling good, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, I feel great. I'm good. What do I need to do? Fix change. And you're not really growing. You're not really moving forward or challenging yourself. And I'm all about that. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of something I saw you say on Instagram before too. You said, we sometimes focus so much of our attention on the results we desire or the outcomes we get that we forget to acknowledge our intentions. Honor your good efforts today and attempt to still action. And Mm. I think sometimes to your point, we're not, 
really sure of what to do in one area, but since we know what to do in another area, we go all in on that <laughs> as opposed yes. to being okay with the attempt that we can make in another pillar. Like at least the attempt yeah. is action and, it, and you can still build hopefully some level of momentum instead of ignoring it altogether and putting everything in the one area of your life and Absolutely. leaving so many other areas underdeveloped. Ooh, girl. <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I am so proud of you. I'm just super excited about all the revelations you've been having. And it sounds like you've just been really in the midst of all, you know, the launching the show and the touring and traveling and you're an ambassador. Is it for Allstate Foundation? Yeah, I'm Allstate Foundation Good Starts Young Ambassador and I'm a Girl Up Champion. Yeah. In the midst of all of that, though, you know, as much as I know you you don't feel necessarily that you're really all the way where you want to be in your self-care, I think one thing that you clearly have demonstrated is that you are making strides in your self-reflection. And I think that's the attempt, right? Like that's the thing that is building the momentum. And honestly, it's also the thing that is probably the catalyst for all of these other opportunities, because as you do get to know Mo more, you are aligning with some really great opportunities that inevitably serve your audience. Like what you are doing with Gimme Mo and helping young people and bringing in folks who can reach young people in a way and even teach their parents how to reach them. Because I think that is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like that is a part of the show is also kind of giving a clue to parents or guardians who may be watching so that they have a greater opportunity to speak to their young people in a way that they can understand as opposed to trying to teach from their old school thinking. 100%. People always talk and say that young people are the future when in fact they're not just the future. They are existing right now. And the choices that they make today are shaping their future and shaping the future of the whole world in this moment. And so I do believe that it is imperative, not only that young people are empowered and that they are inside of themselves and that they have a sense of their own autonomy and their existence, but that we support them and actually trust them a little bit more to have an internal barometer for what is really good for them. And by really believing that we are here to listen and learn from young people as much as we are meant to impart and guide. There's so much, I believe, innate wisdom inside of youth that is etched away by our understanding of the world based on our failures, shortcomings, and the responsibilities that we have that they may not have. And yes, they're going to make mistakes. And yes, they're going to bump up against things. But they also have an amount of energy and creative thinking that I think can really serve us and solve a lot of our problems if we are open to supporting them in a real way and, and listening. And that's what I'm hoping to do with, with Gimme Mo is to inspire a generation of young people that cares about other people and to show adults that, hey, actually partnering with youth, there's a lot of great things that can happen. Right. Right. And when people cite the mistakes that young people make, I'm like, well, we're all grown and we're still making mistakes. So, you know, like mistakes are part of life. If you're not making a mistake, then you probably aren't taking any risks, which means you absolutely. 
So right. every mistake doesn't have to turn into a, a complete catastrophe or failure. You learn from them and you keep going. Right. And I think what happens is the young people reflect back to us, our truths, mm-hmm. and with really the part of us that we don't want to face, right? It's the things that we did that we don't want to see other people do. And that's because we don't see that those mistakes and those choices made us who we are and that we should actually probably start to own some of those things. I mean, I made so many, there was, I was an entirely different person in my twenties than I am in my late thirties. My gosh, if there was social media, I probably wouldn't have a career. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I say that all the time. I say that oh all the time. Like, I am so glad I was that, not ready. that it was like after me because just yes. how, how quick I was to respond to people. I would have been on oh. cutting up like, oh my gosh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. All day and long. That, that's All day thing. long. <laughs> you know, thank goodness that there wasn't that. But even for those who have it now, it's that, I don't know. I, I could go down a rabbit hole with this, but I'm just like, I'm grateful for all the things that I did, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of those things. Because at the end of the day, they've all groomed me to be who I am. And there's no yeah. way to be happy with Monique Coleman or Patrice Washington or fill in the blank with your name if that person had not had those experiences because it right. led to who they are. So you can't say that you love me and then be upset when you find out that I was a real situation at 18. <laughs> like, right. And that you is can't what it is. Love yourself <laughs> if you haven't forgiven yourself for who you were either. Yeah. You know, the, the self-love isn't, oh, I love myself now if those things hadn't happened. It's, no, I love the person that I became. I love that even if those things that you did were out of control and totally ratchet, whatever it was, that has cultivated, at least in me, a compassion for young girls that may have grown up similar to me, that I didn't grow up with my father. I didn't really develop a relationship with my father until I was in my late 20s and mm-hmm. I acted out. I acted out of that pain body. I acted out of that space and that void of not ever watching healthy relationships. And so I didn't have healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a beautiful marriage. I'm so happy. And I find myself having to remember that those experiences have helped me to have more compassion for other people and to be able to let them know that, hey, even you can settle down. Even you, you know, because there was a time where I never would have imagined myself becoming this person, not in terms of my career, but personally, there were so many gaps and holes that I had personally. I always saw the life that I have now for myself in terms of a career. Actually, you know, I see a lot more for myself, but personally, there were so many holes in my heart. There was so much growth that was necessary and and still is necessary in terms of intimacy and self-love and and just having, you know, healthy, positive relationships. I was sort of raised, my mom used to say, keep your eye on the prize. And I appreciate that so much. However, it also planted this seed that you couldn't be in a relationship and be happy and also be successful. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I had to dismantle that illusion and decide that I was willing to take the risk in order to know true love and to know wholeness. And now I can, you know, really speak to people who grew up without a dad or who, who were at some point in their life and time, not treating themselves or their bodies the way that they should, that that's something that you can let down and you can pick up the life that was destined for you, no matter how far off you feel like you might be. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
Okay, Mo, before I let you go, I, as you know, at this time of the show, always ask Redefining Wealth Rapid Wisdom questions. So you are going to tell us the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. How do you define success? Being at peace. Mm -hmm. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Freedom. That's it. (laughs) Freedom, that's it. Three words. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) What? What's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? Oh, only one? Okay. Oh my goodness. I'm going to say The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. Oh, I haven't read that. The Dynamic oh. Laws of Prosperity. Oh, I need the to Dynamic get that. Laws of Prosperity. Yep. That sounds good. Okay, good. And fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Monique. And the truth about wealth is we will only have what we believe we deserve. Oh, that's good. You don't get what you want. You get what you believe. You get what you believe. That's yeah. good. Mo, I appreciate you. Oh, Patrice, girl, I appreciate and love you so much. And when I think about finding this podcast and how much it means to me and meant to me. And for the first time in my life, you know, people look at celebrities or actors or people in in our position and just sort of assume that we have it together. Mm -hmm. And I don't. (laughs) I really, I I have a lot of things together, but but when it comes to feeling in control of my life, that's something that I've really struggled with. But when I found you and I found this podcast, it felt like it was for people like me people who knew that they were destined for great things, people who have manifested wonderful, high-level, incredible things, but who still feel like, I need somebody to hold my hand to walk me through how. And that's what you do for me, and I'm sure for so many of your listeners. You give me permission to not know things and to go figure out how and know that other people are in that same position. So to now be here and talking to you on your podcast, I just, I hope that people walk away with just one little nugget, one thing that, that changes their life the way that you've so dramatically changed mine. Aw, thank you so much. You're not going to make me cry today. I refuse. <laughs> Rebuke it. <laughs> now, didn't I tell you? Oh, my gosh. This episode is so packed with gems. I'm telling you, every time I listen, I pick up something different. And to my entrepreneurs in particular, I hope that you heard when Monique talked about your business cannot grow past the point that you haven't healed. Man, I can't tell you. You know, I'm working on a new program right now, Purpose to Platform. And I have worked with so many entrepreneurs one-on-one over the last several years And I can always tell when someone needs to really heal, right, in different areas of their lives. And I'm so grateful for the pillars because I can kind of direct people if I can pick up on certain things. But the truth is, you can have all of the work info, all of the knowledge, all of the tips and tricks and tools and resources. But if you are still dealing with some other stuff that has gone unchecked and unhealed, It is truly going to have an impact on your money, on your business, on all of that stuff. So that's why we believe here that you can't just focus on wealth building without making some type of effort in the well-being space. 
And she said it so beautifully that we just, you know, we just have to be honest with ourselves. And the other thing that I want to remind you in this new year, results, not resolutions is about who are you becoming in order to get the results you truly want. And are you becoming someone who is willing to accept divine dissatisfaction? Man, we have to be honest with ourselves. It is okay to be dissatisfied with a situation that is no longer in alignment. That doesn't have to be the same as complaining and whining. You get to reframe that. That is so powerful. And you have to remember that we can't become people who are content with crushing it in one area, like the fit pillar, but ignoring the rest. The truth is that we need to have an awareness of all the pillars and be willing to do the work to heal and grow in each one of them. And man, I think that I'm probably going to listen for a fourth or fifth time. You should probably listen for a second time. This is truly healing. And I couldn't have chosen a better person to help pull out some things that really represent for me the faith pillar, because it takes faith to be obedient, to be honest, and to do the work. And I am so grateful that you continue to come back week after week. Please know that the fifth part of this series is not going to be any different. We are going all the way in next week with Glenn Henry. He's a YouTube star and you'll hear more about him next week. But come back. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review. Thank you guys so much. If you want to hit up Monique in social media, tell her that we sent you, that Redefining Wealth sent you. Tell her what you learned, what your aha is. Share with me, Purpose Chasers. You know where to do that. To my <laughs> Mastery Momentum Mastermind folks, you know we're going in in our little private community. And I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to get your feedback. So hit me up in social media. Seek Wisdom PCW. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. 